1: What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn On The Jets Podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets Podcast.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn On The Jets Podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Another episode, Brad Spielberger Weekly Spot. We are on to New England. Um, there's no other way to say it. The, you know, we'll talk a little bit quickly about Jets Cowboys, but obviously, you know, that game's in the past. it's Wednesday already. No need to to dwell on the dwell on the past. Um yeah, I guess A, how you doing? And B, have you survived Justin Fields calling out your your esteemed Bears coaching staff?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. And yeah, it's probably good to to let the listeners know that they are not, you know, alone in in this trouble. I'm not a Jets fan. You know, obviously live in New York, have some Jets fan and family members. But I think my team is is more of a, a fire show, uh, a dumpster fire uh, is what I was looking for there
0: uh, than the Jets. But I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your time as always. I guess kind of to wrap up the what were your thoughts on the the Jets Cowboys game I guess kind of as a whole uh, we'll just wrap that up here and I know I talked a lot about it on uh, on Monday but uh, just to wrap that up here like what were your yeah what were your kind of thoughts on a a 30 to 10 loss that as much as the scoreboard felt like a blowout I don't I don't know that it was as much of a blowout as uh, it could have been I guess
1: that was my number one takeaway, actually, when watching, finally getting around to watching the film yesterday. Um, you know, I had, I watched the game, but obviously, as you know, broadcast when you have eight different games going on, you don't actually get a good feel for the game flow and all those things. And you see C.D. Lamb's stat line, you're wondering, uh, you know, is Michael Carter getting killed or, you know, is he lining up out wide and, and, and beating, you know, one of the outside guys? That's not really, you know, kind of what I saw when I watched the tape But the defense played fairly well obviously when you're put in, you know, disadvantageous positions, a lot of the time, you know, turnovers, obviously they had what the, um, you know, special team score, all, all these various things going on. It wasn't as bad as the final score would indicate. Oh, the defense played fairly well. Um, obviously the offense was a struggle, you know, Zach, we'll, we'll get to the offensive line. I think, you know, I, I mean, they're like 31st and pass block right now for us. I don't know if, I thought they were terrible in this game. I think the Cowboys have as good a pass rush as anyone. Um, but the tackles, it, it, to me, stuck out more in this game
0: than week one as a real weak point of, of the team. Yeah, look, I, I think kind of going back and watching it again, center's a problem, left tackle's a problem. <laughs> a little bit of stubbornness on defense is a problem. The staff didn't have a good game on Sunday. There's no other way around it. Uh, McCarthy, who gets a lot of heat all the time, you know, it wasn't a close game in and in a tight playoff game. So, I guess he can't get it. That's not, no, that's normally where he gets the most heat. But Dak was fantastic. I said it a million times. This defense, this Jets defense is built around getting pressure, which they didn't do as good of a job of as they normally do. And taking the football away again, had a forced fumble that, you know, the Cowboys center hops on when there's five Jets players standing around. Like, that can't happen oh, by the way, then sauce drops to pick six. Like, that stuff was frustrating. And then they want you to get bored with easy stuff, right? They want you to be able to sit there and say, you know, they wanted Dak Prescott to go, okay, it's annoying. I've completed five in a row. Like, let me take a shot now. And that's when the Jets turn you over. That's when, you know, you force a fumble, all that stuff. So none of that happened. The defense was obviously on the field way too long. And offensively, eight total carries for Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall is unacceptable. They ran to the right side twice. CJ Uzama playing three times as many snaps as Jeremy Rucker. Like there was just a lot there. They didn't do anything in terms of getting, you know, moving Zach Wilson around. They booted once. That's it. And it wasn't open. It was a bad throw by Zach. Should just thrown it away. But whatever. That's not really. That's not really a point. Just like I, I made this comp, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this as well. Like if you're pitching, right, you're pitching Aaron Judge or Ronald Acuna, whoever in baseball you want to change their eye level. You want to pitch inside. You want to pitch outside. You want to pitch up in the zone, down in the zone, mixing, you know, fastballs, breaking balls. The Jets just said, here's a fastball, 92, you know, low and away. And we're going to keep hoping you're going to swing at this and we're going to keep miss. We're not, we don't have great control, but like we're going to keep trying to be Greg Maddox and we're not. So that can't happen on Sunday. And that's kind of where I want to take this. Obviously you can follow up on anything I just said there, but how big of is this a must-win game for the Jets? I know it's a must-win game for the Patriots. The Patriots cannot go to 0-3, but it feels like it's a must-win game for the Jets as well.
1: I definitely would agree with you. It's probably more so a must-win for the Patriots. Like you said, if you're 0-3 in the AFC East, like you're borderline dead, right? Especially with two losses in the division to Miami and then hypothetically the Jets. So um, more so for them. I don't know if I would still get to, you know, must win, although obviously what Chiefs is week four. So, you know, you have another very, very difficult game on the schedule right after that. Uh, You obviously, you know, Bill Belichick has been the boogeyman for Zach Wilson in particular. You'd love to see some form of growth there and then I would say this too. Like, I actually think Mac has been better this year. I think you already can kind of see the bill O'Brien effect, but that offensive line in new England is pretty banged up as well. Uh, they're past. They have no explosiveness. So in a system that is predicated on getting pressure and kind of sit, sitting back in a lot of cover three, um, you know, playing off like the Patriots should not have a play over 15 yards, the entire game. Like that, if they do, it's because they broke three tackles on one play. Um, and, and there was poor tackling from the Jets defenders. So, to me, I think, I guess that's how I would argue. It's a must win in that you should probably, if you score 20 points, I think you win the football game. And, and the Patriots defense is very good. I have no d- doubt in my mind that is the case. And obviously, Belichick's going to, you know, show different th- things pre-post snap, do everything he can to confuse Wilson. Their defensive line, I think, you know, Keon White's are already a player. Christian Barmore looks like C- uh, rookie Christian Barmore. But yeah, score score 17 points, you you might win this game.
0: Yeah, look, the Jets defense gave up one touchdown last year in, in two games against the Patriots, and that defensive you know touchdown they allowed was an egregious offensive pass interference penalty that should have negated that play anyway. So it's just really hard for me to sit there. My biggest pet peeve of the week, there's a lot of things that have that have happened this week, the negativity. Uh, is that I appreciate all the Jets fans listening to the pod. Take a deep breath, please. Uh, it's week two, or now it's week three. The Jets lost to probably a top two team right now in the NFL whether the Cowboys finish that way or not they're they've scored teams 70 to 10 so far and they were awesome the last two years so deep breath um you don't have to keep telling me how much you don't like Zach Wilson or do like Zach Wilson I'm aware we did this whole debate and song and dance for the last two years please stop but most importantly was Robert Salas said it himself he did this in San Francisco anyone that watches Seattle or San Francisco or Dallas or all these different, the Jets don't play a lot of men they play some they play 20 or 30% on man on third down. They've blitzed a lot more and you can have complaints about the blitzing more or sauce isn't going to travel. He's just not. And to get over that, I'm sorry. I know it's people don't want to hear it. This isn't Rex Ryan. They're not going to play run and engage eight and, and blitz seven or eight guys and sauce isn't going to travel. And then you're going to put DJ Reed, Michael Carter and these other guys in a bad situation. So that's one, two, it just, this defense, you know, is very similar. A lot of these defenses are in the NFL right now. And you guys, you know, talk a lot about this at PFF and a lot of too high shell, a lot of cover three, a lot of quarters. And it's like, they're literally asking you to, to get bored with the easy stuff. And I think that's the biggest thing for Zach on Sunday is they're going to blitz you. The Patriots are going to play a ton of cover one because they don't trust, you know, they're going to shade everything to Gary Wilson. They don't trust that Zach Wilson can beat them. That's all fine. But like, it's okay to take the check downs. It's okay to stay with the run and not give up on the run after two drives because you go three and out. I just feel like everyone panicked that this defense now sucks, and Zach might Zach might implode. I don't know on Sunday, but, like, there's no reason he should really implode. This Patriots defense is a lot more of, like, stingy, well-coached, bend-don't-break than it is, like, this vaunted defense that I, I think of years past with elite corners and elite edge rushers and stuff like that.
1: Oh no, I completely agree with you there I think If not for Bill Belichick being the coach of this defense They'd probably be an average maybe above Average unit Um, you know there are certainly holes To poke and obviously he I think Better than maybe anyone in the NFL right now Is willing to sign players that literally do one Thing good that may play 60 snaps In one game and zero the following game And I just kind of wonder why other teams not Everyone needs to do that but, uh, but yeah so No I agree though I think uh, Zach The one thing I did notice I think attacking the Intermediate area of the field we have Him as 6 of 10 for 145 Five yards, a touchdown and two picks Um, uh, between 10 and 19 yards downfield. That and play action, very small sample, but three of seven for 77 yards and a touchdown where, again, I think you don't need to throw very too far down the field. And you also like you said, take the checkdowns. I, I think this should be a four, five, six target Brees Hall game. And I think you should see, I mean, Garrett Wilson should just run a hard slant, whether it's Jonathan Jones or Christian Gonzalez, who I do love, but is a rookie making his, you know, making his third start, like Keep it simple. And, and I think you will be able uh, to make some plays against this defense.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've we seen it now, them connect on a few things. Also, manufacture a couple easy targets to Garrett Wilson. You know, screen a speed sweep to McCall Hartman on the first drive, like wouldn't kill anybody. You know, things like that. Or just, I, I tweeted this before and I, I said this a little bit on Monday and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but like you can run a conservative offense without having to run. The same play out of the same formation with the same personnel every time you can run power a million different ways like it's not like down down and around like you could you could run that a million different ways you can run it out of 11 you can run it out of 10 you can run it out of 12 13 you can run in different formations you can use motion you can i understand wanting to protect zach and i and i know we talked we joked that there bears a little bit i think the bears are doing a lot of similar stuff that's like a lot of these offenses are where you want to protect your quarterback but you don't have to be like, so like. Here's what we're running. Let's line up and just keep doing it again. I think Nate Hackett gets a lot of heat got a lot of heat, more heat in Denver than he probably should have. He's better offensive coordinator, I think, than he's usually given credit for. And the guys love him. You can ask anyone in the locker, and they all like love playing for him. What would you kind of like to see? Is there anything you'd like to see, kind of specifically, the Jets do on offense that they even made, either didn't do the last two weeks, or you maybe saw Miami or or Philly have some success on? Uh, you know. I guess, early in the year so far.
1: Yeah, I would say one thing you mentioned Ruckert, and I would need to watch more closely, probably not only the jets. So through two games, but also more of Hackett in Denver. But if I do remember from watching last year, like when you mix up personnel packages, but then you kind of run the same things out of those personnel packages, right? Where it's like, you need to be more. And I get that also probably the complications here are maybe you're not trying to make it too difficult for Zach and you're simplifying it with respect to if these guys are on the field, maybe you shrink what you're going to do to this particular subset of plays and et cetera, et cetera. But I think there needs to be kind of more multiplicity with like, yeah, like Ruckert probably coming on the field is probably a run tail because he's an awesome run blocker. We saw that in week one, um, you know, him taking a guy for a ride for about 40 yards and and then running down the, down the field. So like, you know, I, I just think that there, there can be, and like I said, I would need to watch more, but this is kind of my anecdotal memory of like, don't be afraid to bring out a personnel package that and then run something completely counter to what is is probably intuitive with that group. I, I just think more of that would help, Wilson, because I think defenses would probably try to jump stuff or or kind of, you know, key in on things. And you kind of zig when, when they expect you to Zach.
0: Yeah. The other thing is, and I don't have the stats in front of me, so someone's I'm sure going to correct me. I don't really want to ever see Zach under center. He's never been comfortable under center in his whole career. I don't feel like this offensive line has not been good enough to kind of run play action under center on a consistent basis. Pretty sure, of course, the touchdown of Garrett Wilson was under center, but generally speaking, I just feel like giving, giving Zach an opportunity to see the whole field. And the biggest thing, honestly, and this sounds incredibly childish, throw the ball away. The second you start rolling to your right, if you don't see somebody immediately get rid of that football, because the one thing on Zach did not do well on, on, I know is, you know, we can do the whole, there's two possession game. The game got away in the fourth quarter, he made two or three of the interceptions that he made last year against the like the one on down the sideline of the cow like in the, against the Cowboys onto the right side was like, dude, what are you doing? Like this is the same Zach Wilson. Like he got away from that early in the first three quarters. I thought he actually played well. Yeah, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, but like the rowing back across your body, not understanding that everyone knows what your MO in the NFL at this point. That stuff cannot happen. I don't care about the one deep to Garrett Wilson. That doesn't bother me at all. That it actually makes me happy that like you're even taking a shot there. It's not a good throw, but it's still at least I get the idea and the thinking is fine. The other two interceptions, like down two possessions are not, I, they're not they're not great. So um, throw the football away again. Take the check downs. Use your legs if the, if the Patriots are going to blitz you and run a ton of man and you know run at you and you know try to get you off your spot. Use your legs. Take five, six, seven yards. Get down. Slide. Get out of bounds. I think that's what Zach did well in that two minute drill um last couple of things here have you been impressed like not have you been impressed by buffalo last week but like does it is it more impressive i guess does it say more about the jets that what they did to buffalo on monday i guess 10 days ago or is it more the raiders suck like what where you know because the bills go and drop 40 plus points and absolutely demolish the raiders when the jets offense made it look like josh allen was a bad quarterback all of a sudden
1: you know, I think it says a good bit about both. Like, look, the Raiders' defense isn't great, but I mean, Max Crosby is obviously still a problem every single snap and every single week. Um, and you know, there were other things to point to, like their young secondary. Like, you have a couple guys back there. Dracori and Bennett's made some plays. Obviously, Nate Hobbs has been good for a couple years now. Um, you know, I liked bringing over. Oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, the safety from the Eagles. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, like it's not a terrible unit. Like it's again, it's still not a great one, but I don't think it's like a bottom five defense in the NFL. Um, So I think it also says a good degree about the jets just having his number. I'm um, I mean, obviously being able to generate pressure without blitzing, which the Raiders basically, you know, can't do unless Crosby wins his one-on-one, but yeah, I would say it's as much positive the jets as it is, you know, Allen also did like just take the easy stuff sometimes, you know, which you obviously refused to do against the Jets. But but hey, that could also, again, you could argue, say, well, maybe we're all saying that, but he didn't even see like the check down or or the simple stuff, or like didn't trust throwing like a backside dig because he thought, you know, Sauce or, or Reed was gonna jump it, or like, you know. So it's not it it's not one answer. I think it's both.
0: Yeah, last last uh quick two things here, uh before we wrap up. Salah talked a lot about it. Um I guess it was Monday radio spot, and you know it's been kind of cleared up at this point. We saw us deactivating Twitter and saying he wants to travel, and then we saw with the four footballs thing. We see Justin Field today, you know, talking a lot about coaching, and we've seen a lot of just like it's just a new way, I guess, of doing things. What is there a solution to this? Because the way Salah phrased it is like, "sleep on it," and then if you still feel the same way, tweet it. He doesn't, you know, he said whatever problem is that it's not getting you know it's that's not really what's happening and I, I just i don't know how to fix some of these things they're not realistically going to delete twitter people are not realistically not gonna you know whatever but is it like what's the solution here because i don't think it's going to affect the jets long term at all i don't think it's going to be a bigger thing than it was for a second but it is kind of crazy if you think about it is like this is kind of what it's come to yeah
1: i, I want to be clear like how i go about saying this like this isn't to say That like I want players to be muzzled and not feel like they can voice their opinion and that they shouldn't question coaching if they don't think it's the correct coaching and all those things. And I also wouldn't even say that it's like a generational thing. Like you and I are sitting here being like, oh, Gen Z always hopping on social media. Meanwhile, we
0: are on it all day.
1: Well, yeah, that, that that too. Like I don't think it's either of those things, but I really do think the common thread between the franchises that consistently win in this league. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers when they've had some of the, like, craziest personalities in the history of the sport. There's never a word coming out of that building. Look at the New England Patriots, for the most part, same thing. It'll you be know, good on the list here of, like, the Packers. I mean, Rodgers tried to you know complain as much as possible, and he obviously has the biggest platform he possibly wanted. And still, I think, realize, like, I'm going to keep it in check because I'm trying to set an example for some young players in Green Bay And I have the status and the, you know, the ability to talk more than anybody else. And he's right. He earned that and deserved it. But he still wasn't like a public thorn in their side 24-7. And he probably wanted to be to a degree. So, yeah, it's just, like I said, it isn't like an anti-player thing. It isn't like an anti-22-year-old thing. I I just think that the ability to keep everything in-house and say, look, there are going to be problems, and you are allowed to get frustrated, to get really annoyed, to push back on things, etc. But do that in a meeting to the coach. Like, I think it makes a meaningful difference, and it's just so much better to go about it. So, you know, maybe try to reinforce that message. Look, I, I don't know, Sal, as well as you do, like, he seems like a guy that you probably could walk up to and say, like, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you. I have an issue. I feel like he'd be receptive to that. You know, maybe I'm I'm crazy, um, and he's different in public than in the building, but that that's my perception.
0: Yeah, no, I just, it's something that I thought about this week of like, it's just, it's a lot of optics and it's always going to be that way. And again, it's not an anti-player thing at all. If anything, I mean you were both incredibly pro player. I just, yeah. it's, it is true. You see the same things in, the, in these buildings that, um, you know, the really bad teams, even say the Browns right after a loss, right. It's like, you know, denying that people are pushing officials and doing all those things. It's like right in front of your face and it's like, they can't, it's like it can't be helped and, that's the stuff where you can be pro player all you want at the same time. You also have to have everyone bought it and just know after a loss, the last thing any fan or any other teammate wants to see is like complaining about like me stuff. And it's not a shot at breeze or sauce. Cause when they're on, when they're on their game, the reason the Jets win is a lot to do with them. So um, last thing here, Jets have lost 14 in a row. Do you think which mindset, I guess, as a, if you are a player playing for the Jets, do you kind of like better? We hear solid this week. It's it's more about the fans. Of course, I want to, you know, of course, I want to beat the Patriots, but we don't think about the streak. Do you think that's a better approach? Or B, the Garrett Wilson's like, yeah, like, I don't think about it all the time, but like, I, it's annoying. I've never beaten them and we lost 14 in a row. And like, that shit has to change. And it's like, you don't want to lose 14 in a row to anybody or two in a row to anybody. And like, that's why we're here. Like, do you feel like they're both kind of, I don't know, not like, they're not both good approaches, but I guess which approach you kind of think makes more sense? Cause I know there's the side of it too. It's like, it's the past, like worrying about like 14 in a row puts added pressure onto a game uh, where you just kind of have to win this game to go two and one and two and oh in the division.
1: So different strokes for different folks. Uh, and obviously, I didn't play professional sports, but personally, like I would lean into it 110%. I mean, like I remember growing up playing hockey against either it's a rival or a team that had our number for a while. Like the best motivation possible was just like if you just out hustle these guys. Like we are as talented as they are, and I think sure in years past was that not true? Yes, the the Jets are about as good as the Patriots. Um, you know, top to bottom roster wise, you could maybe argue you know they're better in a lot of different areas. So to say if we play faster, more physical, and, and have an have an intensity about us that is different, we have every reason to win this football game. Um, and I think for me that would stem from. F the Patriots, F this rival, yada, yada, yada. So, I don't know. Whatever you need to do to get motivated, but but I would be – I would certainly fall into that bucket.
0: Yeah, i, I just lean into it. It's a home game. Don't try, You can't run from it. People are going to talk about it all week. They're going to ask you about it. You might as well say, like, yeah, it's annoying. We've lost them 14 in a row. I don't care if I was here or not. It's embarrassing to lose. The last time the Jets beat them, Brees Hall and Gary Wilson, Sauce Gardner and Zach Wilson were literally in 10th grade at best. Like, they're all 14, <laughs> 15 years old. That's a problem. Like, Colin Kaepernick yeah. was a starting quarterback in the league. Like, Blake Bortles was, like, uh, two years in. Playoff. Like, you know, what yeah. I mean? playoff Blake Bortles. Like, C.J. Mosey, I think, got drafted in 2015, like, or 2014. Yeah, so. Like, yeah. he's at 32 now. He's been an all-pro. He's, like, six Pro Bowls in. Like, time to beat them. Um, and and I, I think they do get the job done Sunday. I was going to ask you for your prediction quickly. Uh, I'm going to probably change, I'm sure. But I, right now I'm leaning the Jets win. Uh, Jets win a weird, like, 19 to. 19 to 10 game where some field goals, weird, wonky stuff happens, but I think they look like the better team and uh, kind of end the Patriots uh, kind of season before it starts.
1: Funny you said 19. Cause that number, well, I was gonna say 1914. I think it's gonna be super low scoring. I know the total in Vegas is like 37 and a half. And I still think it's gonna go under that. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be wonky, but I think you do. You need to win on special teams, win on defense, and hope you can have have a couple field goals on offense. Yeah, I think the Jets. I think going to pull out a tight one. I really, really do. This could be famous last words. The Patriots obviously are not looking to go zero and three for. I don't know, probably the first time in the Belichick era. Um, but I think they. Get, I think they're a better team in in most positions on this on this roster.
0: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. So we'll be back. Um, you know, episode tomorrow and episode Friday will be lots of <laughs> Jets Patriots talking and uh, for two teams who uh, probably are not having i have had the start to the year. Obviously, the Jets with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots just losing two in a row. Make sure, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back with Brad next week and uh, have a great rest of the day.